to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message. Every time I pick up this Bible, I get challenged. Amen? If you're not getting challenged when you read the Word, then there's probably an issue. And it's not with the Word. Too many people, they place their experience above the Word of God. So we've got the Word, and this is the inspired Word of God. Amen? It's written by imperfect men, but it's inspired by a perfect God, isn't it? So it's the Word of God. Just get this straight. This is, this is final, isn't it? Is that we all trust this Word, that it's true, that it's holy, and that, that it's our food, isn't it? And so what people tend to do, and, and this is because we're talking about the supernatural life this month, what people tend to do is they say, well, you know what? I've never experienced God's power in my life. I've never experienced the healing power of God. I've never really seen it. People talk about it. The Bible says it, but it's not my experience. And so what they do is they're placing, they're honouring, they're, they're making their experience Lord rather than Jesus Lord, rather than the Word of God their Lord. Amen? And so we take experience and we base our whole life off that. You know, the world says, well, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Well, I say that's a load of rubbish. I say it's the Word of God that makes me stronger. Amen? Amen. It's Jesus. So it's not about my experience. It's not about what I've experienced in the past. In the past. It's about what this says. Amen. This is my benchmark. This challenges me to live from Christ within. This challenges me to live as a son or daughter of God. Amen. This is what it's for. It brings conviction to my life. We need conviction. Too many people run away from conviction. They don't want to be challenged. They don't want to say, well, well God calls me to live here, but I'm not there yet. I just want to live a comfortable life. And so, uh, and so they, they run away from conviction or they feel condemnation. Worldly sorrow leads to death, does it not? That's condemnation. That's where you feel bad. Well, well I read the Bible and it says that I should, be, I should be doing this. I should be praying for sick people or I should be believing for, uh, I should be believing for financial breakthrough or I should be living this certain type of life. Oh, I feel bad about myself. I feel guilty. That's condemnation. Conviction, godly sorrow leads to repentance. That's conviction, isn't it? The power of conviction is that I read the word and it challenges me and I say, okay, God, I've got a little bit of work to do here, but you've empowered me to do it. Amen? You've placed your spirit within me. I've got the ability, and so I'm going to work on it. That's conviction. So, for instance, John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus says to his disciples, and he says this to us today, that whoever believes in me, the same works, he will, the same works that I do, he will do, and greater works they will do because I go to my Father. Greater works. So you can, even, you can either take that word and you can say, well, out of my experience, I've never, I've never worked in the same miracle working power of Jesus because that's what Jesus said. We'll do the same works in greater. I've never experienced that. So, so you can take that and, and put it on the shelf and say, well, that's not for today. The gifts aren't for today. The supernatural life isn't for today. Or you can take that and see that as your benchmark and say, okay, God, I've got a bit of work to do, but by your spirit, I'm going to get there. Yeah. Amen? Greater works will we do. That, that's, a, that's a big statement, is it not? Greater works. Greater works. The supernatural life. So we're called to live by the Spirit. 
We're called to be filled with the Spirit and we're called to live from the power of that infilling. And, uh, and that's what I want to talk about today is the baptism in the Spirit. If you want to live a supernatural life, you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. If you want to live a supernatural life, you have to live from that baptism. Amen? You have to live from it. I'm going to talk today about what that is, uh, what is the baptism, why we need it, and then we're going to pray for people at the end to receive it. If you need that today, you're going to come up for prayer to receive that. And we're also going to pray for healing. So if you need physical healing in your body today, our amazing youth are going to pray for you at the end and you're going to receive healing. We're believing that God is going to bring breakthrough. Amen. We've, I've been running encounter nights with our youth and our young adults. If you're a young adult or youth and you're not coming, you need to get along because God is moving. I've been teaching them how to move in the power of the Spirit, how to pray for the sick, how to lay hands on the sick. And, 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 and we've been seeing, you know, our youth have been prophesying, some of our youth have been filled with the Spirit, but we've been seeing amazing miracles. We actually have. I'm not just saying that. We have. We've seen a, a lady's knee. She had 14 years or 10 years of pain. Her knee completely healed. Come on. We saw a back. We saw someone's back. They had, they had back pain. Bang, they were healed. We even had a, a lady who's a part of this church, and I won't name her, but... She, uh, she was, the doctors, you know, it's like, a, it's like a sentence, but you know, the doctors said that you're going to be on medication uh, for the rest of your life because something to do with a child with, with, through her birth. You're going to be on medication for the rest of, her, of your life. We prayed for her, got our youth to pray for her on our encounter night. Two, it was roughly two months later, I get a text from her. She saw her GP that day and the GP said, oh, you don't need to go on medication anymore. You're off medication. Come on. So it's for today. It's for today. It's for those who believe. Jesus didn't say it's for the super apostles. He didn't say it's for your pastors, your prophets. He, he, didn't, he didn't say, he just said, it's for those who believe. Those who believe in me, the same works they will do and greater they will do. Amen? Come on. Whew. So are you ready? We welcome those who are on live stream. We have a great following on live stream and YouTube. We welcome you. So, if you could turn with me to Acts chapter 1, verse 4, that would be fabulous. So, this is Jesus with his disciples. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, Jesus with his disciples, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, that's John the Baptist, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, this is between his, uh, his resurrection and his ascension. So for 40 days, he taught the disciples about the kingdom of God. That would have been a great 40 days, hey? Learning straight from the master. And, uh, and he, he says to them during this time, he says, I want you to wait in Jerusalem because there is a promised gift for you. Once I get to my Father, I'm sending you this promised gift. And the promised gift is the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Come on. Yeah. Holy Spirit is not just a, a, some breath. He's not just some random wind. The Holy Spirit is God on earth. Amen. That is the promised gift. The third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. And you're going to be baptized in him. 
So you're baptized in God. If you've received the Spirit today, if you're already filled with the Spirit, you have the third person of the Trinity in you. Amen? Amen. Baptism. So what is the baptism of the Holy, in the Holy Spirit? Baptism comes from the Greek word baptizo, and it literally means to be fully submerged, fully immersed in the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, Jesus says, he refers to it in another way. He says, I want you to wait in Jerusalem because you will be clothed with power from on high. Clothed. Think about that. You'll be clothed with power. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says the disciples at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, they were filled with the Spirit. Filling is an infilling. So what's the baptism? It's literally, think, you're, you're a, a spirit, you're a soul, and you're a body. So you're a spirit, then you've got your soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions, and then you've got a physical body. If you didn't have a physical body, I probably wouldn't be able to see you right now. So you're a spirit, your soul, your body. The baptism in the Spirit is literally the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, coming into your spirit and filling your spirit, clothing your spirit man in power. Amen? So those who are baptized in the Spirit today, your spirit man is clothed in power. Your spirit man is filled with the Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, John the Baptist says about the ministry of Jesus, he says, Jesus will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. In the Holy Spirit and with fire. That's why you hear everyone, all you great Pentecostal charismatics, you hear them all saying, fire, fire, because it's a fire. Jesus will baptize you in Holy Spirit and fire. In Exodus chapter 40, the Israelites with Moses, they built the tent of meeting. And in the tent of meeting, there was the tabernacle. Uh, many of you might know the story. And they build this tabernacle. And what happened was the manifest glory, the manifest presence of God came down and rested upon the tent of meeting and filled the tabernacle. It was a cloud. That's how the scripture describes it. So a cloud comes down, the manifest... Imagine, picture that in your imagination. You're an Israelite and you're standing there and all of a sudden you see a massive cloud come down and fill the tabernacle and the tent of meeting. Now, this wasn't just a small three-man tent that you go camping in. It wasn't a swag. It was a big tent. It was a big tabernacle. And and the cloud, it said, it was a cloud by day. And listen to this, it was fire by night. The cloud was, it was represented by fire. God came in fire by night. It's interesting that in Acts chapter 2, verse 3, that when the Holy Spirit comes... He came in a pillar of fire and rested upon the 120 disciples in the upper room. So that means when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are the walking tabernacle of God. You're the New Testament, the New Covenant tabernacle. Amen? Amen. Picture that in your imagination. Imagine the old, in, in Exodus 40, the cloud and it was fire by night. And so everyone would look and they would see the whole tent of meeting lit up with fire, but not burning. And that's you. You're the new covenant tabernacle. So there's a lot of people in this room, you don't even realize, but you're walking along and you're carrying the fire of God, the glory of God in your spirit. Amen? That's good, isn't it? That's the baptism in the spirit. 
It's very powerful. So there's a difference between baptism and salvation because many people mix this up. What is salvation and then the filling of the Spirit? Don't I have the Spirit when I receive salvation? Do I need more of the Spirit? And there's a lot of uh, theological confusion around this. So salvation, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, you become a new creation. Amen? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. That's in your spirit, man. So salvation is a work of the Holy Spirit. Still a work of the Spirit where he comes in and renews your spirit. Whoever receives Jesus as Lord and Saviour, the Holy Spirit comes and renews your spirit. You are now one with Christ when you're born again. You become a child of God. So you enter into the kingdom. You're a child of God. Amen. That is salvation. There's, but there's still an infilling of the Spirit. Jesus, he says in, um, in John chapter 7, verse 37, Whoever's thirsty, come to me and drink, and I will give you rivers of living water. As the Scriptures say, rivers of living water will flow from your inner being. So if you're thirsty, if you're, if you're hungry for God and you don't know Jesus, you come to Jesus and you believe. And all of a sudden you receive the living water of God. Isaiah chapter 12 talks about it as a well of salvation, where it says, with joy you draw waters from the well of salvation. Amen? So everyone who's saved, everyone who receives Jesus as Lord and Saviour, they have a well of salvation in them. But it still needs to be filled up. It needs to be filled up to overflowing. I want my well to be filled up to overflowing. Amen? That's the baptism in the Spirit, where the well comes in you and fills up to overflowing. John chapter 14, verse 17. This is really interesting because Jesus says, I'm going away. I'll send you a helper. I'll send you another advocate, the Spirit of truth. So the Holy Spirit. But the world cannot receive him. So the world can't receive the Holy Spirit. The world can't receive the infilling of the Spirit, the baptism in the Spirit. That's interesting, isn't it? But the world can receive Christ. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him won't perish but have everlasting life. So Christ is God's gift to the world, is he not? If you're, if, you're, if you're not saved, Christ is God's gift to you. That you believe in Jesus and you're a child, you become a child of God, born again. Christ is God's gift to the world, but the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Spirit, is God's promised gift to God's children. Christ is God's gift to the world, but the Holy Spirit is God's promise, God's gift to His children. Amen? So salvation... We need salvation. It's a prerequisite. You need to become a child of God. But then there's more, amen? You need to be filled with the Spirit of God. You want to be baptized in Him, clothed in His power, having the fire of God living in you. All right. Turn with me now to Acts chapter 1, verse 6. So then the disciples gathered around Him, and they asked Him, Lord... Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the disciples, they're thinking, Oh, great. 
Jesus, Jesus isn't dead after all. He's risen. Hallelujah. We're, we, we left our businesses. We left everything for him. Lucky he's back. <laughs> they would have been, yeah, a bit worried. And so they're thinking, okay, at this time, right, all right, right now it says in Scripture you're going to restore the kingdom. So we're oppressed by Rome. Uh, surely Israel needs to be at the top of the tree now. And so aren't you going to help us now? Aren't you going to kill all the Romans and, and set us free and we're going to be ruling and reigning? And Jesus is like, you've missed it. He, see, his death and resurrection set up a spiritual kingdom. So he says to them, no, no, you've got to wait. You've got to wait until you're, you're, you're clothed with power and that power will give you, the Holy Spirit will come on you and his power will allow you to be a witness. His power allows you to be a witness for God. So the kingdom of God is spiritual, is it not? The reason that we have the kingdom of God here on earth, Jesus says you can't observe it, you can't say, see it's here or see it's there. In Luke 17, he says the kingdom of God's within you. The reason we have the kingdom of God within us is because of the Holy Spirit. He's the third person of the Trinity. He is the kingdom of God. That's who the Holy Spirit is. From him are all things, to him are all things. He deserves the glory. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they're, they're one, but they're all different, aren't they? They're one, but they're different. But the Holy Spirit, He's God on earth, He's the kingdom. He is our spiritual kingdom and He lives within you when you're baptised in the Spirit. So He is the power of God. He's the power of God. And the purpose that you receive for, for you receiving the infilling of the Spirit is so that you can walk in God's power and be a witness. That's the purpose, to be a witness. See, many people don't get this, but what does a witness do? So the scripture says on the testimony of two or three witnesses, a thing is established. So a witness will testify to what they've seen so it's established. Amen? A witness testifies to what they've seen so it will be established. In other words, I receive the inf- I re- I'm, f- my, I'm filled with the Spirit. I'm baptized in the Spirit. So I now have power. I can now see by faith the healing power of God, the provision of Jesus, I testify to it on earth and bang, it's established. God will not establish anything on earth unless it's through you or me. He won't. He's given man authority on earth. That's a principle of the kingdom. He's given us authority. And so everything is established through the voice of his servants who are empowered by the spirit. So for instance, you're going, uh, your friend is going through a financial situation, financial trouble. You see the provision of Jesus on the cross. You see that he he broke the curse of poverty. And so you pray for for them. You declare into their situation and bang, the prosperity of God is established in their life. Amen. You're praying for healing. One of your friends friends has got a cold. A lot of people get colds. And so you, you see that Jesus has paid the price even for a cold. Thank you, Lord. You declare it. You see it by faith in heaven then you declare the word of God and it's established on earth. It has to come out of your mouth by the power of the Holy Spirit. He gives you power to be a witness. Amen? Power to be a witness in your business. And there's areas in your business that you need to change and you need wisdom and you need revelation from God and you need a breakthrough. And so you see everything that Jesus has provided. You see the kingdom of God and then you declare his word into your business and it's established. It's established by faith. It's done. Once you declare it, 
it's established. See, a lot of people don't realize what they have. A lot of people, there are so many believers, so, 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 so many who are baptized in the Spirit and it's like they don't even realize what they've got. It's like they've got a Ferrari sitting in their garage and the Holy Spirit is much better than a Ferrari. But it's like they've got a Ferrari sitting in their garage, they've got the keys to the Ferrari and they just leave the keys sitting in their closet all year long, all their life. They leave the keys sitting in the closet. They've got this Ferrari but they don't even use it. And there's so many people who are filled with the Spirit, but they've got no clue. So it's either a lack of understanding or it's a lack of faith. Is it not? It's either a lack of... Think about this. You've got the third person of the Trinity living within you. God's living within you. He's living within you. So it's either I don't know what I've got, or it's either I don't have faith in what I've got. I don't have confidence in what I've got. Look at Jesus. The same Spirit who was on Jesus. Think about Jesus. The miracles He performed. Raising people from the dead, multiplying food, speaking to demonic powers and and delivering people from demons. Think of the apostles picking paralyzed people up and they're healed. Think of the the apostle Paul. They they put a, a handkerchief. He had a handkerchief. A handkerchief. People use that to blow their nose. So what do you think he was using it for? Blow his nose probably. And he had a handkerchief and they say, oh, let's take his handkerchief to the sick and the sick were healed from touching it. Come on, come on. The same spirit who was on Jesus, who Paul ministered with, who who was on the apostles is living in you. If you're filled with the spirit, that's what you have. Come on now, you got to believe for more. You got to have confidence in what you have. Think Think of the Old Testament prophets. Think of the Old Testament men and women of faith. Solomon, he was gifted with wisdom by who? By the Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit who gave him wisdom. And so he operated in that in prosperity for the rest of his life. Well, the same Spirit who gifted Solomon with wisdom is living in you. So he's going to gift you with wisdom. Amen? Amen. Daniel, Joseph, incredible wisdom and revelation to lead people, to lead nations. The same Spirit who was on them, the same Spirit who anointed them, is living in you today if you're filled with the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Come on. you got so much more in you. you got to get God out of the box. you got to get Him out of, out of your little box that you put Him in. We come to church and we've got, our little, we've got our little closet in our head and we pull out the little church folder and we say, okay, I've got church today and, and okay, this is how church usually runs and, and this is the box, this is what I'm used to. And, I, and we keep God in this little box. We keep the third person of the Trinity, the creator of the heavens and the earth, in this tiny little box. We don't even, we don't, we're like, no, no, you're called to release him. Come on, come on, you're called to be an ambassador. Pick up your authority and say, I'm going to release the fire, the spirit of God that's dwelling within me. Amen. The same spirit that was on Samuel, the same spirit that was on Elijah, Elisha, that anointed these men and women of faith. They anointed them and they did mighty acts, parted the Red Sea, parted the Jordan, stood against armies. That same spirit is living in you. Come on. Come on. You got to believe for more. There is so much more. There's so much more. Come on, he lives in you. So we either lack faith or lack understanding. And I'm hoping after that little spiel, you don't lack understanding anymore. So we've got to to believe. The key is to believe, isn't it? 
Too many people pray powerless prayers. Too many people say, well, God, uh, can you do this? Try to twist God's arm. God, my, oh, my family member's sick. God, I just need you to do something. I need you to show up. Oh, God, I need, more, I need this. I need more money. I need, uh, oh, can't you just do something about our nation? Can't you do this, God? And, and, and it's out of a pure heart. That's great. But they're praying to God and like, oh, God, come and move. Oh, Spirit, come and move. And, and it's like, hang on. The Spirit's living in you. So if He's living in you, it's your job to release Him. It's your job to pick up your authority and say, okay, I'm going to speak by faith and release the fire that's within me. God won't move unless you testify to what He's done. You have power to be a witness. Power to be a witness. So you've got to testify for it to be established. I was, uh, I was preaching at an event about, it was only about a month ago. And, uh, and there was, we got people up for prayer at the end for healing. And this lady came up and, uh, and I didn't get a chance to pray for her. I was busy with some other people. And, and she goes back and sits down. And I just, I just felt like I need to go pray for this lady. Uh, she, had, she, she, she had a walker. So she, I asked her what her problem was. And she had uh, compressed nerves in her spine and sciatica all down. It was either her right or left leg. So this, this poor lady... Greatly oppressed, she couldn't even stand up without the walker. She, she, couldn't even bend, like, she couldn't even bend her knees without the walker. She, it, it was terrible. She'd been feeling like that. Uh, I think it came on about four months beforehand. And, uh, and anyway, so I'm like, well, can I pray for you? And her, her husband was a little bit intimidating. He probably, I didn't think he looked too happy. But anyway, I prayed for, uh, put my hand on her and you just speak to the problem. I, I teach our youth and young adults that... You speak to the problem. You take authority over the problem. Don't, don't ask God to change the problem. Don't plead with God to do something. No, you speak to it. The third person of the Trinity is in you. So you speak to it. He's given you authority. So I spoke to the problem. Ten second prayer, maybe. Anyway, I'm like, well, how, how do you feel? You're like, oh, she felt a bit of a change. She's moving her back. She's like, oh, it feels a little better. I'm like, so if, if zero was where you're at, 100%, if that's completely healed, where do you think you're at? And she's like, oh, probably 70%. I'm like, well, that's better, isn't it? Wow, come on. That's good. Anyway, I'm like, so I'll pray again. I'll keep going. I'll keep taking authority over it, over the pain, telling it to get out, telling her spine to be healed. And uh, anyway, she's like, she's like, oh, it feels a bit better after I prayed again. And she goes, and I go, well, how would you know if you're healed? She's like, well, I'll have to stand up. I'm like, all right, well, you can do it. You stand up. So she gets her walker. She, st- she stands up and she kind of bends her knees. She's like, oh, I couldn't do that before. But she's still got her walker. So I, 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 grab, you know, I grab it like that and I hold her walker and I'm, I'm pulling at her walker along just, to, just a, a little bit too fast for her so she can't grab a hold of it, okay? And she's still looking a bit scared because think about it, the poor lady's been in pain for four months so her, her whole brain is wired to think that way. Anyway, I'm pulling her along and it's literally, she's like, she's walking along and I, it's like I see the miracle happening before my eyes. Each step, she, it's like she's getting healed and there's great joy come into her face and by the end of it after about a minute she's completely healed she can walk she goes like that she can bend she she was more flexible than me i tell you what and uh and she's completely healed it was incredible it was amazing and uh and it was her birthday as well so there's something in that so typical me i get home and and i like to analyze things i don't know if you're like that but I like to analyze things. I like to think, okay, God, how come when I prayed for this lady, I didn't feel anything? 
Because I've got, you know, I'm always thinking like, oh, people see angels. You know, some people feel the, the power, the electricity of the Holy Spirit. The disciples in the upper room, you know, they probably, they, they, it says they saw the tongues of fire. I'm like, come on, just give me something, God. Like, you know, like, it's great. Thank you for healing the lady. That's, that's fantastic. But how come I don't feel anything? You know, she said she, she, said she felt something, like a heat, a warmth. And like, I just want to, just a little bit, just something supernatural. It was literally, it was so, it was like so simple. And, uh, and God said to me so clearly, so clearly in my, in my spirit, I heard it. He said, it's because it's meant to be normal. It's meant to be normal. When you lay hands on the sick and see them recover, it's meant to be normal. The Bible doesn't say walk by feelings. It'd be nice if it did. But it says something better. It says we walk by faith. Amen? It's meant to be normal. So I said, okay, well, that's good then. That means every time I pray for someone now, I don't have to feel anything. I don't have to see an angel. I don't have to do it. I can just believe by faith that they're healed and it'll be done. It's normal. Come on. It's meant to be normal for us, church. It's meant to be normal that we're walking in the power of the Spirit. It's meant to be normal for us to say when someone's sick, hey, just let me pray for you quickly. Let me speak to that problem. It's meant to be normal. It's meant to be normal that we walk in the wisdom, revelation, power of the Holy Spirit. Come on. That's for us. It's for you today. It's for those who believe. Amen? Amen. So I thought that would encourage you. The second purpose... There's another purpose for being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is to receive the gift of tongues. Acts chapter 2 verse 4 says that when the disciples, when the Spirit came upon them, they spoke in other tongues. So tongues is a spiritual language. Tongues is a gift from the Holy Spirit that He gives to your spirit. He gives a voice to your spirit man. So you can speak in a supernatural language to God. It bypasses your physical brain, so it's offensive to your mind. So many people speak in tongues and it's offensive to their mind and they think, I sound stupid, I'm being silly, this isn't right. But it's meant to be because it's straight to God. And the reason we receive the gift of tongues, it's incredibly powerful. A lot of the church has missed this revelation. The reason we receive the gift of tongues is because tongues is foundational to operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's foundational for that. It's like the doorway. Jesus is the gate, and then we go through the gate, but then tongues begins to open up the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. The reason it does, Jude chapter 1 says, when you pray in the Spirit, when you pray in your most holy faith in tongues, it, it builds up your faith, and it keeps you in the love of God. It keep, in, in the Greek, it's like a supercharge. That's what it kind of talks about in the Greek. It's like, you, it's like you're plugging your spirit in, to, to the Holy Ghost, to a supernatural charger, and He begins to build you up. He begins to build faith within you. He, begins to, he, he keeps you in God's love. So if, if you're having a fight with your spouse, for all those who are having a fight today, pray in tongues. Pray in tongues and you'll be a lot more gracious and patient. Amen? So tongues builds us up in our faith. It helps us to be Spirit-led, which is the key to the power of the Holy Spirit, to operating the power. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says that whoever, when you're speaking in a tongue, you're not speaking unto men, but you're speaking unto God. So you're speaking straight to God, spirit to spirit. 
So if you want to be more intimate with the Father, speak in tongues. Tongues will overcome the flesh. Tongues will overcome your, your natural perspective on life. It'll teach you to be spirit-led. Amen. That is one of the main important reasons to speak in tongues, is it helps you to be led by the Holy Ghost. The third reason is that it actually proclaims the will of God for your life. Who wants the will of God for their life to be birthed and come forth? Speak in tongues. Because 1 Corinthians 14 says again, it says that whoever speaks in tongues is speaking mysteries unto God. So you're speaking the mysteries of the Spirit unto God. And then Romans 8 verse 26 to 27 says that the Holy Spirit then proclaims the will of God into your life. The Holy Spirit takes that and He begins to intercede on your behalf and proclaim the will of God. So when I pray in tongues... It's actually speaking forth mysteries and the will of God for my finances is being birthed. It's coming forth. If I need wisdom or revelation or I need to make a decision in life, I pray in tongues and it's, I got no clue what I'm saying. It feels stupid, but I'm praying in tongues and in the mysteries of God, I'm proclaiming the will of God over my life for that decision. Amen? Amen. Tongues is so important. The fourth is it brings it brings intercession for others. So you may not know it, but sometimes when you pray in tongues, you could have a friend who's just going through a terrible situation. Uh, you could have a family member. You're praying in tongues and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit starts interceding for that moment, for that friend. And I can tell you right now, there is no greater interceder than the Holy Spirit. Amen? The third person of the Trinity, you want him praying on your behalf. So pray in tongues, pray in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14, Romans 8, 26, 27, if you want to read more about that. Turn with me to Acts chapter 19, verse 1 to 7. Are we okay? Yeah. So we have power to be a witness from the Holy Spirit. And this will show us an important step on how to be filled with the Spirit. If you're not filled with the Spirit, we are going to get you up at the end to pray for you. It's okay. You don't have to be worried or afraid. It's fine but you're going to come up and receive prayer. If you've already been filled with the Spirit, then you're going to listen up. Because I can guarantee you, you need you, your family, your friends, I can guarantee you, you'll know people who aren't and they need it. So listen up because this is how you do it. Acts chapter 19, verse 1 to 7. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism. So these people were actually John the Baptist's disciples. They replied, Paul then said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is in Jesus. Verse 5, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So that's the evidence that they spoke in the Holy Spirit is that they spoke in tongues. Tongues is not the baptism in the Spirit. Tongues is the evidence of it. Amen? So these disciples, Paul comes to them. We're 20 years later, okay, if you didn't know, roughly 20 years from Acts chapter 2. So the Holy Spirit had been poured out on, uh, on the day of Pentecost. This is 20 years later. And these people still haven't heard about the gospel. They haven't heard about the death or resurrection of Jesus Christ. They haven't heard that there is a promised Holy Spirit. They were John the Baptist's disciples, but 
Obviously, we know he got beheaded. Uh, so th- they needed the gospel, amen? And so Paul says, okay, well, I'm pro- he proclaims it to them. They believe in Jesus. They get baptized as a commitment to their faith. And then he, he lays his hands on them and bang, they receive the Holy Spirit and they speak in tongues. They begin to prophesy. So firstly, salvation is the prerequisite to receiving the Spirit. They, they, they receive salvation first, Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen? It's interesting how Paul said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you receive the Spirit when you believed? Now, this, will, this can mess with a lot of people's theology. This can actually, this, the Word of God can ruin our, our traditions, can't it? Did you receive the Spirit when you believed? When you believed. Joel chapter 2 verse 28 says that in the last days, which is the days we're living in, God will pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, on, on His men, on men and women, His servants. The young men will see visions and the old men, the fathers, will dream dreams. So if you're a father today and you lack vision or, or, you, or you want some dreams, well then go for it because the Holy Spirit's here to give you dreams. Amen. Dream big, dream big. So the Holy Spirit's here. That was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2, wasn't it? When the, when the Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Holy Spirit is already here. God, the Father, has already given the Holy Spirit. He's here on earth. Paul says, did you receive when you believed? So that doesn't mean, well, here's, here's the thing. Many people think, I have to tarry. I have to wait. Maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit's only for certain people. Oh, I didn't get him before, so maybe he's not for me. Maybe I have to wait a certain time. Or, or maybe, you know, the disciples have to tarry and wait. So maybe I have to do that. If we go by the formula of the apostles, if you want to do that, then you have to wait for Jesus to come back. Then you have to wait for him to ascend again. Then you have to wait 50 days. Then you can get the Holy Spirit. That ain't going to happen. The Holy Spirit's been poured out. He's already been given. He's out. There is no New Testament scripture. There is no scripture in the Bible that suggests we have to wait or tarry. Every scripture in the Word says that they they received when they believed. They received when they believed. The Holy Spirit is here. So I'm I'm killing that lie right now. I'm killing the lie that says I have to wait. I'm killing the lie that says, well, maybe if I come up, I might not receive. Or maybe, maybe God doesn't want to give me the Holy Spirit today. Maybe I'll just have to wait a bit longer. Maybe I'll have to plead with God. The church for so long, and, and it was fine. It was out of, pure, out of a pure heart, but it was a lack of revelation. And so they're pleading with God. They're waiting and waiting and waiting upon God. They don't realize that the Word of God says, when you believe, you should receive it. Just receive it when you believe it. Believe, receive. Receive, believe. Step one is you ask. I know it's simple, but you ask. Luke chapter 11, verse 13 Jesus says, he's talking to the fathers. He says, you though being evil, meaning that they're worldly minded, they don't have a mind for the things of the spirit. He says, you then being evil, you still know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father, listen to this, how much more will God who is perfect and not no bit of evil in him, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who Ask him to those who ask. So ask and he will give you the Holy Spirit. I don't have to tarry. 
I don't have to wait. I don't have to plead God. I don't have to twist his arm. I don't have to say, oh, just today, God, oh, only, if only today, if only I worship for half hour, if only, I, if only, I, if only I, I do this, all this. No, no, no. You just ask. Luke chapter 11, verse 13 says that. God will give the spirit to those who ask him. He'll fill people who ask. Amen? Amen. Second step. You believe you have received. Believe you have received. Mark chapter 11, verse 24 says, Therefore, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you have received it first, then it will be given to you. So you believe you've received first. Many people don't believe until they receive it. And you'll never receive it unless you believe it. It's true. So whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you have received it first, then it will be given to you. Amen? Amen. So I don't need some spiritual, I don't, when you're up here and so you say, you ask the Father, thank you, Lord, I ask to be filled with your spirit. And then you say, thank you, Father, I believe I've received it. Thank you for giving me your Holy Spirit. Thank you for filling me with your spirit right now. I know it sounds simple, doesn't it? You're saying, well, Dean, that doesn't sound very spiritual. Oh, there's no, there's no voice, booming voice from heaven. There's no angel, angelic act. There's no angels dancing around in the room, up in the rafters. There's no glory cloud coming down. Come on, come on, I need something. You need something. No, 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 you just believe it. You believe you receive. That's what the Word of God says. Now, you can take your experience if you want, but I'm preaching straight from the Word of God. It says you believe you've received it, and it's yours. We walk by faith and not by feelings. You don't need to feel some incredible supernatural experience to receive, to be filled with the Spirit. Amen? Amen. The third step is that you expect to receive the gift of tongues. You expect to receive the gift of tongues. The disciples, every single New Testament scripture where they were filled with the Spirit, they all spoke in tongues. Acts chapter 2 Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19. Every, every disciple who got filled with the Spirit, they then spoke in tongues. Amen? So you are to expect to receive the gift of tongues. So thank you, Father. I'm now filled with your Spirit. I expect to now speak in tongues. It's not demanding of God. You're not, it's, not, it's just faith. It's faith. Step four, and this is the important step. A lot of people miss this. Step four is you surrender and speak by faith. This is where a lot of people get it wrong. You surrender and speak by faith. The Holy Spirit fills you. He gives you the gift of tongues. Amen. Acts chapter 2 verse 4 says that when the 120 in the upper room, they all received the gift of tongues. It says, they spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Did we get that? So the Spirit didn't overpower them. The Spirit didn't grab their tongues and start wiggling it around. Because that's what some people think. The Spirit didn't make them speak in tongues. See, God will not violate your free will. He won't. It's a principle of of the law He set on earth. He will not violate man's free will. So God will not make you speak in tongues. You've got to speak by faith. 
You've got to speak by faith. See, it's a gift. If someone gives you a gift, they're not making you use the gift. You have to use it. And this is where people get it wrong. They think, well, the Holy Spirit's going to do it for me. Well, I don't have to speak. It's just going to... No, no, no. He'll prompt you because he's given you the gift. So he'll prompt you. But this is where the surrender part comes in. You have to surrender to that prompting and you have to speak by faith. You have to speak it out when you feel prompted. A lot of people think, well, then that's just me conjuring up. No, 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 no. It's a gift. He's given it to you. It's your job to use it. It's your job to speak. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. Of course it is. But it's still your job to use it. Amen? Amen. So you've got to speak by faith. Many people, when they come up to receive, they get to this part and then they don't do anything. They're just standing there. And they're fearful. They're worried about what people will think of them. They're worried about if they'll sound stupid. They're worried about, you know, what will my family think who's sitting in the third row? What will this person think? And the problem is, if you do that, you're not surrendering to God. You're surrendering to your fear. You're surrendering to your pride. You're surrendering to your reputation. And so what happens is people receive the infilling of the Spirit. They get the gift of tongues, but they don't use it. They don't do anything with it. And then they think, well, I didn't receive. They think, well, I didn't get it. No, no, you need to surrender. You need to speak out by faith. That is the most important part. So they're the four steps. I ask and I, and I believe I've received. Thank you, Lord, that I've received. I now expect to speak in tongues. And now I'm going to surrender to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to begin to, think, I'm going to, begin to speak. So I say to people, you praise God. Begin to, begin to talk, begin to praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And you begin to do that. You'll feel a prompting and then bang, you speak by faith. Amen? And you receive, once you've got that gift, you keep exercising it. Because what happens is people leave, people go away and they walk by feelings. They don't walk by faith. And they think, well, that was just me making it up. You know, oh, that was, I didn't really get it. And the enemy starts chirping in their ear. And it's Mark chapter 4. He wants to steal the seed from them. So he wants to steal the seed. And so he locks down their gift. He, he locks them down. He gets them out of faith. He gets them in unbelief. No, no. You need to deal with the enemy after you've done You keep exercising that gift. Once you come up for, if people, if you come up for prayer today, you will receive the Holy Spirit. You will then receive the gift of tongues. And you've got to begin to exercise it during the week. You've got to start using it. Come on. You've got to start exercising it. You stay in faith. Stand on the Word. That's why I have packed this full of the Word. It's all off the Scripture. So you can go straight to this and say, I'm walking by faith. I've got faith in that Scripture. My cousin, she actually, uh, incredible testimony. But she, uh, she got, we prayed for her about a month ago to receive the, the baptism in the Spirit. And I, and I just took her through this. And sometimes, you know, new believers, they can just be so easy. You know what I mean? Like there's no, there's no lies, there's no built-up strongholds, there's no religious mindsets. And so they just absorb the truth, amen? And so she got the right teaching. I just told her, took her through this. And so she didn't have any, you know, she just believed. She believed, she received it. She felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And there, she had like, you know, there was like a little stammer there, but she felt like not much happened. And I'm like, that's okay. That's okay. You just keep going throughout your week. You stand on God's word. 
You believe you've got it and you keep speaking it out. Amen. And so she begins to do that. And she came back to me, I think it was about two weeks later. And she said, she was trying and trying and trying. And then she prayed for a lady. And while she was praying for the lady, it just went bang. It was like a river just flowing out of her. And it began to go. And I know what you're thinking. There's some people here and you received the baptism of the Spirit when you were younger or you received it, you know, even whenever you received it, but you feel like you, you, feel like you didn't really get it. Like, oh, is this really right? You know, is, is this really, is tongues really, or am I just making this up? No, no, it's true. It's the Word of God says it. So you got to, even people now, I know I can, God's just speaking to me right now in my spirit and there's people and you're not really using the gift of tongues because you feel like, oh, well, I don't really, you're in doubt, you're in unbelief. And God's saying, no, no, you got to place your faith in the Word. Amen? you got to place your faith in His Word. Because what He says is true.